Life is filled with many, many decisions. Any piece of life lived outside the will of our Father in heaven, all of a sudden life becomes a confusing mystery. And that's why we need to learn to trust in His will. Pastor Ray Bentley urges us to keep our eyes on God and His desire for our lives. Let us choose to follow and obey the Lord. The will of God is not an option, it's the only option. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. If we choose not to follow the Lord's will, we need to be ready for the consequences. That's a choice to go against a God with limitless power, resources, and time. He can wait for us to come to our senses. We'll chart a better path today as we return to the book of James with Pastor Ray. James chapter 4, we're going to look at uh, verses 11 through 17. We're going to finish James chapter 4. He says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. The powerful effect of our words. I think that we would all agree that no Christian should participate in the slander of another person in making false charges that destroy another person's reputation. Would you all agree with that? Yes. But that is not what James is talking about. James here says we shouldn't use any words which intend to run down someone else even if what we are saying is totally true. He says, do not speak evil about another person. Most people think that it's okay to pass on information or gossip or demeaning talk as long as, well, I didn't want to say anything, but after all, it is true. As if because what we are saying is true, it now gives us license to be able to bring other people down. And that's what James is coming against. This is not the spirit of the Lord. This is not the heart of the Father. This is not the ministry of Jesus Christ. And this should not be happening. In fact, to the contrary, we should be speaking that which is edifying. I put into your notes here, the title of the message is Speak Only What Edifies. The word edify is a biblical word. And what does edify mean? It means to build up. Speak words that edify. There are many people who do think it's okay to pass on negative information if it is true. They say, well, it is after all true, you know. And then there are some who take it on as a moral responsibility uh, to pass on things, and they are true, and yet that can have a damaging effect upon other people. There are far too many people, apparently, that were even in the early church that James was part of, who was the half-brother of our Lord and who himself had said some things earlier in his life about his brother when he did not believe. So maybe out of James' own experience, he had come to realize, be careful what you say and how you use your words because you can ruin someone's reputation. 
In other words, there's something more than just that what you're passing on is true. And that is, what is the motive in your heart when you are speaking? What's going on inside of your heart? Now, yes, of course, we are called as believers, there is a time for correction. We can and should challenge false teaching that we see that is not biblical. But are we really doing that or are we merely seeking to bring someone personally down in the midst of all that? And there are other people who actually uh, seem to think that fault finding is their personal gift from the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You ever met someone like that? Let me just say that there are three places that list the gifts of the Spirit. Romans uh, 12 through 14 is one. Ephesians chapter four is another. First Corinthians chapters 12 through 14, if I mention that, or uh, Romans chapter 12. So Romans 12, Ephesians four, first Corinthians 12 through 14, there's about 28, 29, 30 gifts, depending on how you count them. But not one of them listed says the gift of finding fault against your brother. It is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I would put it this way, it is probably a good idea not to point out others' faults until you have fully and exhaustively discovered all of your own faults. Amen? We really have to at least go through our own lives and that's what James is now talking about. Are you now the judge over the law? In fact, if you're only pointing out people's faults and speaking evil of them or tearing them down, you're above the law because you are not acting as the law says to love your neighbor as yourself. At the end here of verse 11, he says, um, if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. To speak against other believers is to elevate yourself over the law. You know, you're basically saying, well, I know that this applies to you. And the the height of evil is to be pointing out everybody else's mistakes when you're really not spending a lot of time on your own. And may I say that when you do open yourself up to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and even the Holy Spirit is not with his thumb down on you, he is very gentle with us. I have found the Holy Spirit to be most gracious with me. And he generally points out one thing at a time. I think if he showed me everything that was wrong with me, I'd faint and die. But he just one at a time and and very graciously even gives me a little time after I've dealt with an issue and and then there's a space of, okay, you know, and we're walking on and then, well, and then there's a little something here too. Oh, and I begin to change my attitude that the Holy Spirit is my friend. He's helping me. He's going before me. He's keeping me from hurting others, let alone wounding myself. And you begin to trust and the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful thing. Now, yes, of course, we are to judge sin. We are to judge, as the Ten Commandments say, we're to judge adultery. It's sin. Murder is sin. Lying is sin. Stealing is sin. To do them is sinful, and they ought to be challenged and pointed out, surely. Scripture does not forbid judging, but it does really warn us against the spirit of judgmentalism and a critical spirit, especially as it tears people down rather than edifies and builds them up. In verse 12, he goes on with another argument. He says, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? In other words, you know, even when you're bringing uh, some conflict or you're bringing some challenge to another person's life, realize 
that, that you're not God and you don't have the power either to save people and you don't have the power of judging people. That is reserved for God alone. Basically, James is saying that judgmentalism is not only arrogant on the one hand, it's almost blasphemous, if not blasphemous, on the other. And here's the other thing that I've also learned in my own experience in walking with the Lord. So often I've come to a conclusion and brought a judgment and then maybe shared it and verbalized it or intervened into a situation only later to find out, whoops, I didn't have all the facts. I, well, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Well, if I had known that, I would have felt differently about, I would have approached it differently. My tone would have been different. I didn't know. Well, that's the whole point. There should be always an, a, a, a spirit of, of walking softly, so to speak, or gentleness or humility, because we will never know the whole story of a particular situation and what's going on. Ignorance has ruined the best of judgments. And the truth is there's only one who knows everything and what's going on inside as well as outside, and that's the Lord, amen? So we can be good at judging external sins, but we cannot know the heart as only God does. And we ought to leave that for him. Every once in a while as I read, I come across uh, some of the things written by the Puritans. And I know the Puritans get a, have gotten a bad rap, but the more I've read the Puritans, which are kind of the early believers and some of the early pastors of our American church, these guys were wise. I mean, they were good and they always surprised me. Here's one of those Puritan pastors, his name was William Beveridge, and this is what he, as a pastor of early America, once wrote. He said, I cannot pray except I sin. I cannot preach, but I sin. I cannot administer, nor receive the holy sacrament, but I sin. My very repentance needs to be repented of, and the tears I shed need washing in the blood of Christ. Now there's a humble man. Even when I repent, I need to repent of my repenting. It's not good enough. That's a humble attitude. Now, we should, would all agree that speaking against a brother or a sister and judging them is a serious sin. But James is saying something different entirely. He says, it's not just bad, it's one of the worst sins. Now, in one way, you might not ever realize that because here we've got a large congregation and there's hundreds of people who are here, but there are many who are not here who once were here. And why are they no longer here? And many of them, as you meet them and talk with them, well, what happened? You used to believe and you used to go to church and then invariably a story comes up and this guy said, or this sister said, and they take the wound. Now, their response to it was not right. But the fact still remains the power and the effect of our words. The church should be a place where sinners and imperfect people who are being made holy, sanctified by the Holy Spirit, we of all people should be walking humbly with our God, doing justly and loving mercy. Amen? All right, well, let's look at verses 13 through 15 as he wraps up. He moves on to another, and I think this is a very timely, practical word of godly spiritual wisdom. Verse 13, he says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, 
We're going to move here and then we're going to spend about a year there. Then we're going to buy this, maybe a business, and we're going to sell that and then we'll make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. Life is filled with many, many decisions. But I, I think that you would know this and you will learn it from experience that any piece of life lived outside the will of our Father in heaven, all of a sudden life becomes a confusing mystery. Life, when you, when you come to know and believe and trust and you experience the will of your Father, all of a sudden the mystery has been replaced with meaning and with direction and with help and with vision and with purpose. And once you begin doing his will where God wants, I, I have found in my own life things I thought that I wanted. But if, and you kind of can finagle your way to get there, but if it ultimately is not the will of the Lord, it's miserable. You get there and you go, well, that's not what I thought it would be. And then other things that I thought, oh no, please, not that. All right, well, if I have to. And the Lord, as it were, he can work in circumstances and kind of bring you into that place. And the next thing you know, you're shocked going, I never in a million years would have thought I'd be so happy and so fulfilled in a place like this. Wow, Lord, your will is good. He goes, I know. And that's why we need to learn to trust in his will. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray's homecoming to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. We love you, Pastor Ray, and we miss you. What a blessing that we were all able to hear and experience God through his passion for the word and his ability to simplify and make things humorous and fun. I miss his contagious laugh. He had the best laugh. God, please be with his family and friends. At Maranatha Radio, the love and support the Bentley family have received is overwhelming and very much appreciated. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now I have to admit that I used to, when I would pray, generally speaking, and I speak in generalities, but you know, there would be like, okay, Lord, there's plan A, that I absolutely love plan A. And because I love plan A, I can pray for a long time with every detail, bringing it to the Lord's attention about plan A. And then I can say, but I know there's also plan B if it doesn't happen. But let's just pray that doesn't happen, right? <laughs> and if you want, I guess, you know, that can happen. And I would throw my weight. Now, let me just say, and, I, and again, I'm generalizing, but as I look back over my life, I thought that by my energy and input into the things that I really wanted and I prayed really hard about, half of the time, let's say, I, I got plan A. It's like, wow, Lord, right on. It's great, you know, we're tracking together. But half of the time it was plan B. 
And you know, what I have discovered is that my plan A's that didn't work out or if I wrestled my way over there, if it wasn't the Lord, I didn't want to be there anyway. And the plan B's that I had given such short time and attention and kind of short shrift to that were the Lord were some of the greatest surprises and blessings in my life. And I am, I, I'm, what I'm gonna say is I'm not here yet, but at least I am conscious of the fact that I can go before the Lord and will always be human and prefer maybe one way versus another. But I am now at least aware, mostly because of my own experience, that either way, now Lord. Yes, I'd kind of rather you know, but if you're in this, I want you to know I'm in it. If it's the Lord, if it's your will, go for it, Lord. Don't hold me back. And I want to go through the open doors. The, we, you don't need to strive when you're following the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. There's that scripture where Jesus said, yes, you need to knock and ask and seek. And I know some brothers and sisters knock, and when the door doesn't open, they knock it down, walk through and say, praise the Lord. But <laughs> that is not the idea. Don't force your way through. If the Lord closes a door, let it be closed because surely there is another door if you'll turn around that will open. There will be a wonderful world and a wonderful window through which God will bless you. James says, and it's a good reminder, life is short. That's how we would say it. Your life is but a vapor, it says in the Psalms. Life is short. We count our years at birthdays. Isn't that funny? Another year. But the Bible tells us to number our days. Moses said, Lord, teach me to number my days. Do you know what that means? That in heaven, you know how they live? They don't live like we do down here with the plans and the five-year plan and all this future energy and emotion into it. It's the eternal now. Jesus said the same thing. Why do you guys spend so much time and energy worrying about this, that, and the other thing all in the future? He says, live for today, for today has enough evil on its own to occupy your attention. If we could just learn how to live through with the Lord and his will one day, just today, make it through today, one day at a time, and then go to sleep and say, Lord, should I awake in your presence? Praise the Lord. If I awake here, let me be faithful. Lead me according to your will. Living literally in one day at a time and investing in that. He says that man is frail, James says. We're very, very weak. We're like a vapor that vanishes away. Our bragging only covers up our weakness in reality. Proverbs 16, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. How many have learned that with all your plans, you still cannot control the future? Have you learned that to be true? So only the Lord is in control of the future. What we can control is the time that we invest before his face. We can choose to spend time before the Lord and in his word and trusting and clinging to him. Lastly, in verse 17, he says, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Well, that's kind of the opposite of what you think. There's these things you shouldn't do, and if you do them, they're sin. He's saying if there's something you should do and be doing and are not doing it, that too is sin. In other words, obey the Lord. Why is it that we find it so hard to obey the Lord? One word, pride. 
And Peter writes, for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Let us choose to follow and obey the Lord. The will of God is not an option. It's the only option. And when you can agree with that and just say, amen, Lord, I want your will and your will alone. I leave you with this story uh, because for our own good, our Heavenly Father humbles us over and over and over again. Uh, there's a man in the Old Testament, his name was Nebuchadnezzar. And this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, he, you know, he didn't know the Lord. He was totally into himself. And he was so into himself, he made a 90-foot statue of him, then overlaid it in gold, and then asked the whole world to bow down and worship him. How many would agree he's into himself? And so God came to this guy, humbled him, he lost his mind, he went insane, because when you go that far, that's insane. And he's eating grass like an ox, and for seven seasons pass over him, and he's nuttier than a fruitcake, as we would say. And then his reason returns to him. And his own testimony is this, Daniel 4, verse 34. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. If you want insanity to leave, take your eyes off yourself in the mirror and look up to heaven. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? And then he wrote a decree where he gave his testimony and encouraged the entire world to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the amazing thing is this arrogant guy was humbled by the Lord, he got saved, and in heaven one day, one afternoon in heaven, I plan on having lunch in eternity with Nebuchadnezzar. I wanna know how many of you wanna have lunch with me? We'll sit down, we'll have lunch with old King Nebuchadnezzar, our brother in the Lord. God knows how to humble a man or a woman. And so, man, you know, let's humble ourselves. And let's be careful what we say. And let's love one another and edify one another. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we just come before you and pray and ask that we could hear what the Spirit would say to us. And Lord, I throw myself into the very midst of this whole multitude here. Probably there are many things that we say so freely and glibly and easily and that can be so hurtful and offensive. And these days with the internet, people make judgments so fast and castigate people and ministries and persons and reputations and all the rest. And Lord, I'm sure that it grieves your heart. May we be among those, at least when it's passed on to us, that stop that, resist it, and speak words that are loving and edifying. Until you come, in Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with good insight today on following the will of God and on keeping our thoughts and our words above reproach. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, Speak Only What Edifies. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. 
We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo, three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his book called As the Days of Noah, a prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full series called The Elijah Chronicles. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.